just so that everybody knows we do put our literal blood sweat and tears into <laughs> this uh we had the sweat and tears uh i don't have air conditioning and it's been really frustrating so far but you know oh. just got the blood zach is currently bleeding out on his desk <laughs> decided to fight it so <laughs> We're I tore my t-shirt up and I wrapped it around my hand. Let's just do it. Podcast I, to the end. And I cry every night at 11.11. <laughs> Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Horrible gaming podcast. Hello, my name is Zach Rye with Old Man Gaming. For whatever reason, you have decided to tune into another horrible gaming podcast. We welcome you. With me is. Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard. All right, and in addition to Neil, a.k.a. Tiny Wizard, we have a, a special guest, our uh, Let's Play, our head of Let's Play, <laughs> Buildmaster himself. He's, he's come down to, uh, to grace us with his presence. Yo, what's up, old man? Sam <laughs> Philbilly330 here. Once again from a long time ago. But yeah, I get to be a part of tonight's or whenever you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Undiscernible time span. span. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, we're happy to have you, Phil. You, you, you have been the person who has been guest on this show the most now that Neil is actually a co-host. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fairness, but it's nice to have the foundation on the podcast. I'm, I'm enjoying that, but. Before we get into the podcast itself, uh, we got to do the, uh, the, the, the disclaimers and the credits. Everybody, we're on Zoom. We're doing the best we can. Uh, we put everything we can into this, but expect that with the quality as per se usual. And then, of course, uh, the credits. Uh, big thanks go out to Mark Bell for doing the original graphics for this and all of the OMG shows. Um, and then, of course, big thanks to Nick Van Sliders who wrote the theme song to this and all of the theme songs to all of our shows. Uh, so thanks to him for that. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So that brings us to the first segment of the show. Uh, the segment all about you guys, fan interaction. We like to talk to you guys. We like to read your comments that you posted on the last uh, podcast. We also Use your comments and all the other viewers' comments to decide who the horrible arena winner is. And then uh, we also ask you guys a question just to keep the dialogue going. And we answer the question we asked from the last week. So uh, fan traction this week really needs to be called Kev to action. We're going to give you this one, Kev, because he the torrent begins. Uh, so right off the bat, he just comments commenting. <laughs> Uh, then, then he comments second attempt at attempt at 1000 comments. Kev, you really don't need to do that. Uh, then he, <laughs> then he commented one that I found funny. He said, PS five is the new thick boy. <laughs> uh, then he, then he commented just yay podcast. Uh, 
then he commented fan traction. Uh, and then we got to another good one. He said, I agree with Zach that dates need to stop. They should give years or quarters until the game is done and then give us a date. I am, however, not at his level of rage. No one ever is. No one ever is. Uh, I'm not praising either, but I am always relieved when a game is pushed. I'm tired of beta testing with my money. I will agree with that. I, I don't, again, I don't want the game to not be finished. I just want them to stop telling us it's going to come out, then delaying it, and everybody praising them like they're the, the best thing that's ever happened. Uh, then he comments, torrential comments. <laughs> then he comments, pitching what you want to see is pitching to win. We can tell when you are into what you are pitching, and that matters. That's what he said for uh, a horrible arena, which I appreciate. Uh, he then just commented credits with an exclamation point. Uh, then we asked the question, what uh, video game just hit you out of left field? You thought it was going to be bad, and it just, like, it was really good, which we're all going to answer. Um, but he answered the, Ghostbust uh, the Ghostbusters sequel on 360 surprised me greatly, uh, which – that's awesome. I never got to play the Ghostbusters sequel game on 360. I heard it was pretty good. They got everybody's voices and everything, which was cool. Um, and then his arena vote is for Neil because I, too, felt that's what Brutal Legend was going to be like. So, Phil Billy, you're on the show, but you messaged me. Uh, you had said that the vote, your vote went to me, plain and simple, uh, for my diehard game. However... Kayla voted for Neil. So I actually have to lose to Rush, which pains me. Pains I, me. What is the disdain for Rush? They're I hate Rush, man. But I thought we had that conversation already. I thought you already knew that. I'd have seen, had it, but I don't remember. See, Neil, I actually, I'm okay with Rush, the band, but I really love Die Hard. So. <laughs> and and I, I just liked the idea. I think I would enjoy that game. That's all. Oh, yeah. I mean, that idea, it was a good idea. It, you know, it almost was when we had the card, the, the, the trading card game. Yeah. It was almost like to that level. It's like, dang, like that, that'd be a good game. Yeah. That, those were both good pitches as well. Yeah. I, uh, I think uh, personally, like I don't like Rush's music. I, I just, their music irritates me. However, what you pitched as a game, I thought was really cool. I, I didn't like Rush being the main point of it, but I like the idea of bringing those, those controllers out and actually having a really interesting adventure game to do with it. I would definitely pay more money for a perpetually generated diehard built around a character I created, but still. <laughs> I never fair. had one of those guitar controllers. I only played with buddies, and I was the worst. <laughs> uh, now, I, now, if you could play with those Dance Dance Revolutions, man, I'd tear it up. I, I sang. I always sang. I didn't want anything to do with Guitar Hero, but when Rock Band came out, I was like, yes! Yeah. Well, me wasn't singing kind of like the joke job, though? Because I feel like it wasn't. It, it really was. I, I'm not giving myself any credit. Like, I didn't want to, like... That's the thing. I just wanted to do karaoke. They could play the video <laughs> around me, and I could just go balls to the wall. And I went balls... When I played Rock Band... If, if Mark Bell or Thor are listening, 
uh, or aspasia, you guys write in and tell everybody how hard I sang. I would sing. My voice would like go out. I'd be sweating. None of it would sound <laughs> good at all, but I, <laughs> I, would, I, would, I was a good front man. <laughs> I, I wish it. they had had like a way to like work it in with the connect so that like like my my actual actions would give me points instead of just the tone of my voice <laughs> i mean uh, playing the crowd playing to the crowd you know? right 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 exactly exactly or like the connect is like well he wore tassels to the game session he gets 500 bonus points um, I mean, it's fair. There's some bands out there that really they they kind of sing like shit, but they they do all right. Right, <laughs> right. Um, okay. Uh, so the question back to the question we asked last week, which was, what games hit you out of left field, completely surprised you, took you by took you by surprise, and and just like made you love them. I'm gonna go to you first, Neil. Um. So I had a of them for this one but i think the one that really sticks out to me is actually skyrim mm. yeah so my first real open world rpg was fable 2 and i wanted something in that vein and a friend of mine had suggested that i play oblivion i was not a fan of oblivion i literally just climbed up to the tallest mountains that i could and just jumped to my death over <laughs> literally all i did so then right. i picked a copy of skyrim and i actually like tried and i'll admit it took me a couple hours to really get into it but once i was there i was in and that was all i played i like my one character this is probably child's play numbers but my main character has like 220 hours in it or something nice nice uh all right so uh phil billy what was uh your left field game Okay, so it's not that I thought this game was bad. I just didn't think I'd like it, and I ended up being really good at it, and I missed the game and wished that they would, like, come out with a new version. Because when I was younger, I played, like, uh, I don't know, kind of like games more like Neil plays, like, um, what's that one where you're Kratos? Like, games like that. Okay, um, like more narrative story-driven Yeah, games. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I had somebody introduce me to StarCraft on PC. Mm. And dude, I was I ended up being hooked to that game and I was so freaking good at it. And uh, yeah, uh, so that was, it wasn't that I thought it was going to be a bad game or I didn't know it existed. I just didn't think it was going to catch me like it did. I, I was terrible at StarCraft, but I got to tell you, we had this thing uh, back when I had yet to drop out of high school which was science club and science club was total bullshit. It was just after school nerds getting together and using all the computers to have a land party on Starcraft. <laughs> we would get eight people in one match. God, that I, I never won. I never even got close to winning, but that was some of the most fun I have ever had at a video game. So I'll give you, I'll give you props on that. Uh, for me, my surprise game was really hard because usually I know exactly what I'm going to want to play and what I'm going to like to play long before it ever comes out. Like I can tell from the trailer and that's not a brag. I'm not trying to weirdly flex or anything. It's just, I can tell by looking at a game, I'm going to love that game. or I'm going to hate that game. Or I'm going to think I want to love that game, but they botched it or something like that. But usually the content of the game 
I know. Dead Cells completely surprised me. If you had pitched that game to me, I would have been like, I want nothing to do with it. I never want to play it. I played it on a whim just to try it. I still go back to that game. It's so much fun. I love that game. Um, and I just wasn't expecting to like it at all. So we need to ask another question before we end fan traction this week. Does anybody have one ready to go? Um, well, I asked the last two. So yeah. I, I think either you have to, or if Phil Billy's got one locked and loaded, he can, but no pressure. He has a guest after all. Mm. No, uncomfortably put Phil on the spotlight. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, if, okay. If you could imagine your perfect uh, like gaming system, since you guys have been talking about systems a lot, give three big points that uh, you want to see in your dream gaming system. Like what is important to you, whether it be graphics, speed, um, like what games it plays so there you go that's give us your three most important things that you want in your system i like that it's a good question good question three most important things in your dream system out there everybody please you can comment below or in any of the other places that we'll tell you about at the end of the show horrible gaming podcast that brings us to our first official talking point of the show. And, uh, you know, as much as I don't want to cover it as much as I want to, as much as we do, uh, it's impossible not to. Uh, Night City Wire happened last week. So we got to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 again because this game is just in the news every week now. Um, so Night City Wire happened. We, uh, they invited some, some players, some media, and some social media people to basically play a four-hour beta, a four-hour, not beta, a four-hour demo of the game, the first four hours of the game, basically, um, and put them out there. Um, it was really interesting, but uh, before we get into the uh, the the deep dive, what did you think of it, Neil? Um, I like thought... Just it, on a whole, did you like the, the show? The show itself, I, I really gleaned nothing from the show itself outside of the brain dance, which... Okay. I, is going to be the coolest thing. <laughs> but outside of that, I mean, the game as a whole, it, it didn't like m make me more excited. Um, some of the things that they chose to announce, which I'm sure we'll get into it uh, a little bit later, are just very interesting. Um, yeah. Why they chose to announce these things for their first show about this yeah. game. I mean, Overall, I, I think I got more from the uh, other news outlets that really got their time with the game because that's what it was really all supposed to be about was the right. game. You know, uh, you know I'm going to go to you in a second, Phil Billy, but uh, you know, my impression is kind of right on par with that. I felt like the real cool announcement, cool stuff you got out of this was from all the other like IGN and like uh, Eric's played it. And like the media people playing it and putting out what their experience experiences were, I thought that was the really interesting point because 
the show was fine, but like when you get into seeing how everybody played the game so differently, I think that's the really kind of interesting thing that intrigues me. Yeah, uh, definitely. What do you think, Phil? But I don't know if you watched the show or not. It's totally okay if you didn't. Um, but, what, but what did you think? So I didn't watch the whole show. Um, so what I did was because I found out I was going to be on the show tonight. Yeah. I just watched In fairness some of the to game everybody. <laughs> Phil, <laughs> Phil Billy is not underprepared. We just, he was, it was a decision to put him on the show like four hours ago. So, <laughs> so, so just so everybody knows he's not underprepared. <laughs> yeah. So I just watched, I watched some gameplay because I, to be honest with you, I hadn't really, I know it's going to be a good game. I know it's going to be a huge game. I'm not really sure it's my kind of game. So I've kind of like, not been following it as closely as a lot of people um but i did watch some of the gameplay for the first time and it looks good like it looks interesting uh the driving in it didn't look that cool to me like yeah. it kind of looked like generic like uh it reminded me of like gta driving mm -hmm. which uh I don't know. The only driving games I actually like are like Forza and stuff. So right. obviously it's not going to compare to that, but the, the shooting looked pretty good. I would love to like actually get my hands on it someday, which I'm sure I'll use you right. two as Guinea pigs, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it like it has me in that place where, there's some things I think are really cool looking about the game. And then the open world part still scares me just because I know I'm a minority in this, but open world games aren't necessarily my thing, but it's weird how they advertise the game as being a narrative driven open world, which I think is like a contradictory statement, but, but it, I want to see how they do it. It, it should be interesting. You, you know, I will say uh, Witcher was very, um, I don't think you would like Witcher knowing what I know about you and how you play games, but I would say that from the narrative perspective, Witcher was very like, you would go to a place and, and everything was a story, basically. There was nothing like, it wasn't like GTA where you would go to a place and then they'd be like, hey, go shoot this guy. And then you go shoot that guy and that was done, you know, and then you'd go on to the next mission. Like everything you did, even down to the side quest was like, there was like a act one, act two, act three. Like you could really feel it in. And I think that's what they're meaning by a narrative story. Okay. Um, but, but I mean, I could be totally wrong. I will also say everybody's biggest complaint was the driving so far. Oh, really? <laughs> From what I heard. I mean, Neil, did you catch anything differently? Uh, no, from all the outlets, from what I understand, they all have had issues with the driving from what it sounds like. I mean, yeah. it looks interesting, but like Phil said, it doesn't look like it feels very good. I mean, a shooter, it's a shooter, you know, it's not really champion well, driving mechanics, but. And that's, that's my real, that's, that's where I really think this game has to prove something is, uh. I, I think it's a. This is this is gonna make me sound like a jerk. I don't mean it that way, but I think it's very hard to make a shooter feel good. I think it's harder to make a shooter feel good than a hack and slash or even an ARPG, uh, especially when you're adding all these factors, uh, you know, like stats and whatnot. I mean, even the guys who do this 
nonstop for a living, like Borderlands 3 has had problems with that, you know, making it feel mm-hmm. right. And I, I, I think that's the place it has to prove to me that it can do what it needs to do. Because if the shooting doesn't feel good in Cyberpunk, uh, I, I think it's going to be at a serious disadvantage. I, I'm really excited to see how much freedom you have because they've, they've said that, like, you can talk your way out of everything if you have a character that can talk his way out of everything, which that kind of stuff really ma- makes me excited. But, but most people are not me. Most people want to go in and shoot everything. And if, they, if it doesn't feel good when they do that, uh, I think there's going to be a problem. I, I don't think the driving is going to be a, a big hinger on it. You know what I mean? I think it's just going to be like borderlands where like I have a feeling driving is just going to be something you do to get from point A to point, point B, to point but B. not really a reason that you play. Right, right. Um, so so what do you think, Neil? Um. I mean, I think something like a car chase shootout would fit really well in that universe. But again, like you have to have those driving mechanics that back up the shooting mechanics. Well, that's fair. Those instances. Like in uh, Far Cry, uh, in Far Cry 5, like it, it, it just didn't feel good to me. But like I liked the idea of it. Right. Right. I mean, I I agree. I actually thought the shooting part of GTA five felt better than the driving part when you're in the car. Like, I know that doesn't make sense, but like, even if it could get it to that point where it's like, it still feels good enough for that, you know, but I, I agree that would be something. And they've definitely advertised that, that car driven shootout. So, um, I actually saw one being played where it was like, you were driving and there was a guy in the passenger seat and there was a van in front of you with some gang or something you had to take out and you told the guy to grab the wheel and then right. you hung out the driver's window and were shooting at him. That see, I think if they, if they do it right, even if the driving's a little weak, they can get that moment to moment action. Um, I want to ask everybody. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know how excited Phil Billy is for it, but what's the thing that's getting you most excited about this game after seeing Night City Wire? I'll go to Neil first. Neil, obviously, you're the most excited about for this game of the three of us, I think. Yeah, definitely. I've been following this since, like, we actually got that first gameplay footage of it, mm-hmm. like, two years ago. Um, I'm totally... I'm totally down and ready for this game. And that the brain dance thing that showed off has so many different, like awesome applications for like puzzle solving and stuff like that. Missions and stuff for finding quests, like even something I was actually thinking earlier today, even if there is something like passing narrative that can happen or like secret quests, Let's say you're in a shop and you hear a news broadcast about some serial killer on the loose and then happen to be in a police station and see a piece of paper regarding that, that, you know, serial killer, then like you could go and seek this serial killer out and take them out. Like just those little tiny things that I feel like CD Projekt can really lean into. It feels like that's their bag pretty much. It really is. There, I mean, I never beat The Witcher, but I don't think that's a game made to be beaten, honestly. I think that's one of those that's just like, you just, like, anything you get into is going to be 
it's going to make it feel like that's the main point. Like, that's what I liked about The Witcher 3 is that no matter what you're playing, it feels like that's the thing you should be doing, no matter how you chose to do it, you know? Um, and, and segueing right into what's getting me the most excited, uh, what got me the most excited was how m- the, the, the opening backgrounds, the fact that you can pick to be from one of three different starting backgrounds and that completely changes the first two hours of the game for everybody involved uh like from what i watched from what i watched um basically basically you had one person who was the nomad uh and those nomads would uh uh, start way out in the badlands they wouldn't even start in the city and you had to do a bunch of stuff and then smuggle something into the city to get into the plot uh, and then you have like a street kid who just grew up on the street. Then you have a corporate guy who starts off with a lot of money. Like I loved that. The fact that just the first opening three out uh, two hours right off the bat, depending on how you created your character completely changed the experience of the game. Um, that's something that always kind of takes me out of it. When I create a character in a video game with a character creator is I know that everybody's starting the same way. Like it always engineers some like, well, you were wrongfully accused or you were on some boat or something else. And then like, you know, it's always the same starting. This is great that they were just like, we're just going to build a story. That's a different start. Um, All right. So Phil Billy, what has you excited about Cyberpunk 2077? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I think, I'm just most excited for you guys to get the game so I can, uh, you know, get a feel if it's for me at all. Um, like I, I think the shooting, I'm also excited cause I think the shooting looks really good, but I don't know until you play a game like that, like it could look great and feel terrible, you know? So I'm excited to actually get my hands on it, on it. You know that's true. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to make shooting look good, but not when it doesn't feel good than it is to make like a hack and slash or fist fighting look good when it isn't good. You know. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, is there anything else we should touch on? I'm sorry. I'm giggling. I'm just going to tell them. I'm giggling because we had to like end the call and restart it and I forgot to record. So we've talked about this before, everybody. Just letting you guys know. Everything you're about to hear, we've done once. As soon as you cut back to Phil, I had to mute this microphone because I've been (laughs) dying the whole... (laughs) Because we have to make it sound like it's just totally natural. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I, I give up. I'm, I'm giggling too much. There's no way. We're not going to make it sound natural. We recorded this entire thing already, but we didn't actually record it because I'm a moron. So, so, so Neil, have- what else do you have to <laughs> talk about? You know, I heard from somebody, myself, who had just said this, uh, <laughs> uh, that they're doing an anime too, which is really throwing me off. It's not coming out till 2022. I don't know why they're going to have it like that far out. I mean, sure, you got to build a fan base and everything like that, but that just seems a little bit like unless the hype for this game is going for that long once it comes out. But Well, let me counter 
<laughs> you with just saying if it ends up being like a Skyrim level of success that they could release, you know, a show about Skyrim right now. And it's been how many years since that game came out and it would still probably get a following. So maybe they're banking on this game being, you know, as popular as and often played as like a Skyrim type game. I dare say somebody just recently made an argument. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and say the thing that I was going to say before I realized that we weren't recording and just said fuck a bunch of times into the microphone. Um, (laughs) Another thing that I I just want to point out is I think that CD Projekt Red actually plans for this game to have that kind of tale. They've already said that we're going to get a very diverse, involved, interactive multiplayer a year after launch. So, I mean, which in my mind is basically another game. <laughs> I mean, if you do multiplayer for this, then it's like, it's basically a whole other game, the way they're talking about it anyway. Oh, does it not release with multiplayer at all? No, there's no, no multiplayer in this thing. Wow, I don't know how I like that. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't think you like that very much at <laughs> all, honestly. I, I don't know what it is. I just prefer like, playing with friends yeah it it has nothing to do with like even competitiveness it's just something about being able to bullshit while you play a game it just makes it more fun to me i i totally get it i i still though they're not even planning the multiplayer for a year after i mean and then you're talking at that point the the anime is only a year later you know yeah also heard too that they're uh, trying to get VR support in on it too. Yeah, they are. That would be cool, actually. I w- I would think this would be a game just from what I've seen that even if it came out and it was somehow crappy, it would still look good in VR. I feel like. Yeah. Um. All right. Yeah. So I if think, you could play it right. Yeah, if you could play it right. If I think we've covered everything for Night City Wire, possibly twice. Um. <laughs> anything else you guys want to add before we move on? I don't think so. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, so that brings us to our next topic. Uh, And the topic, you know, we've been talking about, this is a topic we kind of pulled out a little bit just because we didn't have a whole lot. We, we, We both had very crazy weeks, so we didn't have a whole lot. And this is something I kind of want to talk about. And it's actually one of the reasons i invited phil billy on because he's actually already adopting this but um sorry for that long preamble but basically you know we've been talking a lot about consoles a lot about the generation a lot about the generation switch uh a lot about the crappy stuff they're doing a lot about the good stuff they're doing and more about the crappy stuff they're doing um so it's kind of come down to it. Uh, Phil Billy's the first one of the three of us to make the change. Uh, well, I mean, on a desktop, Neil does have a lap, a gaming laptop, but um, Phil Billy, you're going PC, man. Yeah. See, I'm like you. You guys argue a lot on the show about the two different, you know, PlayStation and Microsoft, and I'm somewhere in the middle where I think. I'm I'm just fucking tired of both of them, to be honest. I think, like, one's a complete asshole about everything, <clears throat> PlayStation, and <laughs> the other is trying 
to do things like goody, but I at the same time, I think they're making bad business decisions, whether it's morally right or wrong. That's fair. Can be argued, but I think from a business standpoint, the asshole is going to win. Um, but anyway, so I've just said, screw it. Plus, as you guys have mentioned in you know, past episodes talking about how you would have to upgrade your TV and stuff. Well, I have a 60-inch TV that would not support either of these new consoles that I like and I don't see a reason to get rid of. And when I started doing math about, um, you know, what it would cost, say, if these consoles released at 550 bucks, let's just say, and I have to buy you know, potentially a thousand dollar TV or more, depending on the size I want to replace what I have. And then I started looking and you have to realize I am a dude that if you would have asked me three weeks ago, what a GPU, a CPU and a PCU were, I would have been like fucking parts in a computer. I don't know, but I have just done a ton of research and I set aside, I made a, I talked with my wife. I discussed it with her. We both decided that this is what I was going to do. So I set a a rough estimate of, I said, okay, I want to spend about $1,000 to buy a gaming PC. Well, then I started looking at gaming PCs and I'm like, well, for a thousand bucks, I'm not really going to get much. So I started doing a lot of research on building a gaming PC and found out that spending $1,000 building a gaming PC, I would actually get the equivalent of like almost a $2,000 gaming PC that I were to buy pre-built. So I am in the process of, I almost have all my parts. I'm waiting on, uh, all I'm waiting on is the M.2 SSD and the... uh what else am I waiting on? I think just like the mouse and keyboard, which will be here probably the day you're listening to this. Well, so and, and before we get too heavily into the actual stats and why we're making the change and everything, I do want to just do uh, an off the cuff plug to everybody. This is kind of the first step. You guys are going to get to see all of this. We've already decided we're going to get together oh, yeah. when he gets all of his stuff, uh, which will be by Sunday, I think. And that's when we're going to record. We're actually going to record. We thought it would be a really good video to record two people who have never built a PC uh, and don't know how to build a PC really to, to build a PC, to see just how easy it is. Um, I mean, if it is easy, but we think it is, uh, but, but we're going to record the whole thing start to finish. I might, I might put it in a speed up time or whatever. And we're going to release the video here on, on the channel. So you guys will all get to see us like me and Phil Billy put this thing together. Um, yeah. And I think it'll be cool just because if we do this and it works like that's showing any of you who might be listening out there who have thought about switching to PC and you were nervous about either building or whatever. Trust me, if my, if I can do it, so can you like, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure now that I've done a lot of research and uh, I'm pretty sure I could do it right now if I had to, you know, 
Well, and, and you would uh, say there's no soldering anymore. It's mostly clicking and Oh yeah, screwing. you need a Phillips head screwdriver. Like that's it and some thermal paste, which I think my processor comes with that already pre-applied. So um but yeah, so ain't scared never been scared. We're going to do it. <laughs> I I I That's a good end. There's a good end to that. I have a lot of things to say about this because this is awesome. Okay. Uh, Phil, you and I had a conversation uh, at one point when you were in the market for just a laptop. Yeah, which I did follow your advice. That that's my wife's laptop. Yeah, it was. It, it's insane too because like I'm thinking about this, and you you did your research and everything, and you you now like went through and bought all the stuff too. And I looked at the pictures of the stuff that you got, like somebody who has never built a PC before, <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's seriously, it's awesome. You did it amount of research because you got the proper processor type and the proper motherboard that supports the socket type. Uh, yep. Every, like all these other, these small things here and there that somebody who doesn't know anything about it would miss. Um, and also, like, I didn't know that this was going to be a thing, that you guys are going to build this and record it. I am so, so happy <laughs> to watch that. Um, <laughs> well, we weren't trying to keep it from you, man. It, 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 it kind of... Oh, this came together quick. This, yeah, be- like, we had been talking about it, and then Philby was like, I went out and bought all the shit. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and- well, yeah, it was kind of a funny story. Like, I was going to buy all the stuff online, and I went to this store. It was like a computer haven called Micro Center that I've never heard of in my whole life. And it just so happened that they had a lot of the things that I planned on buying online for the same price or cheaper. So we were there. So it just ended up being a $700 spend fest at Micro Center. <laughs> I mean, you hit the nail on the head too. I mean, you came to the realization that uh, a lot of people come to after they already buy a pre-built rig that you can buy those pieces part for part and put it together and from here once you get that that console that that rig together all you have to do is incremental upgrades the pay for a brand new system Mm -hmm. generation you would pay that once and be good for a while. And you can even still run your graphics card into the ground by fiddling with your display settings. Oh, I'm already, dude, I've researched so much. I'm going to actually overclock it to, like, I already know how to do that. I Safely, I'm going to safely overclock it. Yeah. I was but gonna... I've, I've bought the parts to, like, I actually, that, picture that you saw i ended up getting a different same 450 chip slot but i actually got a different motherboard because i started to realize that that the one i had gotten only had like it only had one fan header let's say so i was like wait a minute i want to build this so that way in three years if i want to upgrade just something little you know i i can build it off this same motherboard so i actually went and got an msi motherboard instead of the gigabyte one i'd picked and blah 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 but yeah uh, I've, how many uh pci ports do you have on that motherboard um the motherboard i think it's oh it's four 
for that's awesome because then you can also if you so desire go out and double your video memory by bridging them together depending if it supports or not but i mean that's that's really cool uh then from here you can start looking into liquid cooling stuff like that and then you yeah take this i'm i'm excited for you man that's awesome <laughs> yeah, yeah like i a, as of now the rig i'm building is like basically uh it'll be like a mid grade rig like so my build will be capable of averaging or of running uh at 1080p which is what i was building towards it can do higher but 1080p seems to be what like most people are gaming at right now right and i'll be able to run uh I'll be able to cap out my monitor basically. So I'll be at 144 uh, FPS at 1080p pretty much consistently with obviously as some games like uh, aren't uh, optimized as well. So like the rig I'm building like Borderlands three, for instance, is a terribly optimized game. It has trouble running. So from the specs I'm at, I should be running about like 105, 110, frames per second average in that game which is pretty decent still phenomenal yeah well and i want to point out too uh you know the one great thing about the pc change is it's not actually you're not it's not like switching from playstation to xbox or from xbox to playstation because especially with especially if you're an xbox player because games pass ultimate you can get anything you can get yeah yeah on the xbox on the pc plus PC games, you know, and you could probably even get PlayStation games that come to PC. Uh, so, like, it's, you know, Neil, you and I have gone back and forth quite a bit about the generations and stuff like that. And, uh, I, you know, the more Phil talked to me about it, the more I realized it's not necessarily that I'm an Xbox player. It's, I think, I think uh, PC's the way to go, especially if you're a person who has not adopted 4K yet. It is, 100% the most frugal way to do things. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and even still with these, you can even, if you so desired, build out your PC like a game console. Mm -hmm. All of these video cards now have HDMI outputs on them. So you can easily, if you wanted to, a year or so down the road, build out your PC and then go ahead and upgrade your TV. And you get a TV that can run that depending on, you know, your resolutions and stuff like that and how you want to run it. But you can absolutely treat your box as an actual a console. Console, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's 100% right. I mean, I, I yeah. I won't be able to get my PC until when the Xbox Series X probably comes out, probably in the fall, just because of some stuff going on. Um, but uh, I will say what I'm going to probably do is also, like, if you're afraid to leave the ecosystem behind completely, just get – and you're an Xbox player, obviously. It's, I mean – it's a little bit harder with PlayStation. Uh, they don't have quite an infrastructure for switching to PC as Xbox does. Um, but uh, just get a Series X or a, or a, not a Series X, um, a 1S or a 1X because when that Series X comes out, those things are going to be under $300. Oh, yeah. Tip. 
and you'll be able to find them used from people who upgrade right away. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to spend the, the, the grand on the gaming PC and then I'm going to just upgrade my box one level so that I can still, cause I'm not going to play anything I have cause I'm not going to restart anything. It'll just be anything I get moving forward. I'll get on the PC. And I think that's, that's Phil Billy's um, thought process as well. Yeah. And, and as well, uh, it, this, this isn't like, it's not mainstream yet, but I'm hoping that eventually, um, obviously there's some games that are cross platform play, you know, where like, like I play Call of Duty with a guy who actually is playing on PC. So right. I'm hoping eventually more uh, games start to adopt that. I know it pisses me off because I know Sony fights it a lot. but um, Yes, they do. Uh, which that's part of my gripe with them, to be honest. But um, I'm hoping that in the future, like maybe even nearer future than I'm thinking, like maybe this next generation will kind of push that envelope a little harder and yeah. uh, and I'll be able to even play with some people who, you know, were my old buddies on Xbox and stuff. Yeah. I, I think you're definitely reaching a point, especially with multiplayer where it's becoming a necessity uh, more of a necessity and less of a privilege. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. To have that cross-platform play, especially with the multiplayer stuff. Like, it seems to be like, if you don't do it, like, people get mad at you, you know? Um, and, and with the TV thing, like, if you haven't gotten a 4K TV, uh, like, it is a super stressful shop. And the, the information out there is mercutial at best. Uh, and, and that, that irritates me. You know, I've done tons of research cause I was planning on getting a 4k TV and a, and a series X. Um, but, but okay. We can all agree. I think everybody on this podcast right now can agree that for the most part, the games that come out on these new generations are not going to run at 120 FPS right off the bat. No way. We can all agree that for the most part, in the beginning, they're going to run between 60 and 90 because of the developers. That's, I even think that's highballing personally. But I mean, maybe, maybe. I'm not saying they're not. But I think, I think what they're bragging about right now in the, in the news is what their system can do. And that's fair. I'm not taking anything away from them. I don't think they're lying about it. They're just saying this is what, we can, what our system can do stat-wise. The thing is, though, is when you really break down the stuff that they can do stat-wise, and if you apply that specifically to shopping for a TV, shit gets real complicated. Because the, if you're looking for the max stats, like true future-proofing on these new systems, you need an HDMI 2.1, you need your variable refresh rate, not your input lag, your variable refresh rate to be 120 frames or 120 hertz. Uh, those TVs are fourteen hundred dollars, uh, mm-hmm. like everywhere, um, and that like HDMI two point one is insane to find for cheap. Uh, so like, and and like I said, if you've got a four K TV, it's probably going to work fine. You you probably shouldn't run to your TV right now and be like, oh my god, it doesn't have what it needs. I'm sure it will work okay. Just like we've just said, these games are probably not going to need that for some time but 
at the same time, if you're looking to future proof, true future proof, like if you were buying on the stats, you're looking to spend around two grand. Yeah. I would rather I would rather spend twelve hundred, get a one updated Xbox, and then build my PC than to do that. Plus just for selfish reasons, uh, I love the idea of making stuff real easy to capture. Yeah, and uh, and also to edit. Like, imagine yeah. how much faster your editing process will be on yeah. a PC that is going to be a beast as far as uh, speeds, you know? Oh, don't get me wrong, Phil Billy. I very much think of that. When I'm spending two and a half hours editing this tonight and I'm up till 1.30 a.m. doing it, I'm going to be thinking about how much faster it would have been on the new souped up PC. Or the fact that if I try to edit a second video while another one is exporting, uh, it chugs. So like, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to a much faster edit. But um, Plus else? it unlocks the ability for streaming. Yes. Yeah. Streaming's much better. Yeah. This computer that I'm building will actually do VR too. Not that that really interests me, but it's capable of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm, ve I'm very excited about this. Uh, and I'm very excited to do it with you too, because you've kind of become the guinea pig of the three of us <laughs> in a way, you know. Have you ever built one, Neil? Uh, I have not. I started shopping around at one point, um, but I've not physically done it. I mean, I've changed out components. Like uh, I actually, uh, I actually have Zach's old laptop right now. I'm trying to get back to him hopefully soon. And but thank I like you, sir, because once you get that, we might even be able to have our faces on the podcast. Yes, uh, like that. Like I upgraded the RAM. Like I do stuff like that. Like upgrade. You know, the RAM is literally just throwing it in the slot but like yeah, it's just a stick <laughs> yeah but like swapping out the hard drives like flashing over the data and like doing it proper to where they're mirrored and not just like in raid the the, the right raid format basically yeah uh, but like i've i do stuff like that but i've not physically ever purchased all of the components and put one together i know how it works but yeah well, if you're free Sunday and you want to come in our basement, in my basement, and build oh, yeah. this with us, you're more than welcome. Nothing more. Unfortunately, I cannot. <laughs> Enough. All right. Well, I think we've covered that topic. You guys want to move on to odds and ends? Sure. Sure. All right. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. So that brings us to odds and ends. Uh, we've, we've narrowed it down. We're all just going to take one and odds and ends because we have no idea whether we're going late uh, on time or not, thanks to my screw-up. Um, so we're going to start with the guest, Phil Billy. What's your odds and ends if you got one? All right. So my odds and ends is I'm sure you guys are aware that The Last of Us 2 dropped to a controversial release. However, uh, Sony fucking, in my opinion, skewed the um, reviews of the game by only allowing the reviewers like IGN and, you know, K Kotaku and whatnot to review the first half of the game, which in turn caused a lot of 
10 out of 10 reviews. However, if you watch any reviews from YouTubers or reviewers who are just gamers who played through the whole game, their reviews say quite the opposite. So I guess I'll give you my theory. I, I, there's always that controversy of like, uh, are reviewers paid and stuff by, you know, developers. And I personally don't really think that that's the case. What I, I, I follow that kind of stuff a lot. So uh, my theory is I actually think, well, number one, I think Sony, like I said, skewed the reviews by only allowing them to review half the game, which you can pick who you blame for that. Is it Sony being an asshole or should the, the, the review company have actually stood up and be like no we're not going to do that because it's kind of misinformative and that our job is to supposed to be to inform the consumer um so whose fault is it uh, you know that's subjective i suppose but i actually think that these review companies sometimes they're not reviewing the game for us i i really think that they're reviewing the game as an like an arts like an art instead of how the consumer is gonna see it because i think they've been in this you know um journalism for so long that that they don't see it as a gamer anymore and i think that's part of the problem and that's part of why i don't particularly like or even i try to even stay away from the big company reviews what do you guys like what's your guys's take on that well uh if neil doesn't mind me going first on this one um right on ahead. Uh, there's a lot to unpack on that uh you hit on a couple of things uh first of all as far as the media outlets stopping and saying no that would be great uh but at the same time i'm kind of reminded of the borderlands 3 debacle where they made it so that you couldn't play couch co-op uh, so that they could get a better score. Um, oh, yeah. I think, I think you, when you're an outlet like that, you're put in a weird position because you're getting an advanced copy and they're basically saying to you, this is what you can review. Uh, you can have your review done ahead of time before the game comes out, but we're giving this to everybody else. So if you don't do it, you're going to be the only ones who don't do the review. Um, and when it comes down to it, I think from a business standpoint, I, I would love them to say on integrity, no, we're going to wait for the full game. But on a business standpoint, I kind of see why they go like everybody else is going to do a review on this. We can't be the only outlet that doesn't, you know, um, uh, I agree. I mean, it's kind of a tough situation to put them in. I, again, I don't necessarily think that excuses them reviewing half the game, but it is kind of a tough situation to put them in. I don't know how good Last of Us is. I don't have a Sony, so I don't, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10. Um, and I haven't watched a lot of the, so the Last of Us stuff. It's just not a game that interests me. But uh, I will say I agree with you wholeheartedly on the review thing. And while I, I am a big proponent of, of video games are art and they need to be lofted as such, so we need those in-depth reviews, uh, there is an aspect to it where they forget that as artsy as these are, as much as they're supposed to be saying something, as much as they're supposed to be speaking to something, the games themselves are supposed to be fun for the people who play them. 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's something I'm not trying to plug myself as a weird flex, but that's something I try and stick, stay away from in my reviews is just, just that kind of mentality of like, uh, of like doing that. So I, I agree with that. I think sometimes nowadays the reviews, like everybody has to get everything reviewed. Like they have to see everything the game has to offer. And that in a way makes them biased towards the game itself because once you see it as a whole you're always going to look more positively on it um and other people aren't going to see it as a whole other players aren't casual players aren't they're not forced into that position so that's my thoughts on it i'm sorry if i got long-winded neil what do you think um so i think the big problem with these reviews is like the fear of being blacklisted in general i mean these these companies are beholden to what these outlet these other out publishers are willing to give to put out and say you can do x y and z you're you can only release after this date but like this date at this time but i think it's very interesting that they're now saying oh well you can only do like the first half of the game and they can't say it's for spoilers because the entire plot leaked a while ago. So it's not mm-hmm. like there's anything to spoil, you know, otherwise the people who have avoided those spoilers are just going to avoid the reviews in general. Those are the people who know that they're going to play the game anyway. So I don't understand who it is that they're catering to outside of the publishers themselves. Um, yeah, I feel like it just makes them look bad for no reason. Yeah. And they're like, uh, there's, there's some, from what I understand, like questionable writing choices and even design choices that are very apparent towards the just over halfway end of the game. So maybe they knew that these things were going to be issues and said, hey, you know, we're going to stop it right there. That's as far as you can go. And we'll let everybody experience it as it is whenever they get their hands on the game. But right. it is. It's, it's just very strange that a review, a full-on review, it doesn't entail the entire game. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think we, we just about covered that one. Uh, Neil, what's your odds? Uh, well, um, it's looking like now, uh, according to the rumors at least, that Lockhart might be announced in August. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, so we're going to wait all the way till August before we even announce that one. And like, you have to at least give a price there for these consoles. We're coming really down to the wire. And- I feel like you guys have been saying that for a long time. <laughs> we have. We have. That's a broken record thing. I, I think it's absolutely deplorable on both of the company's parts that we are four months out from a console that we might have to spend uh, $400 on and we don't know how much it is. I mean, I'm fortunate in that I've been able, like my money is set aside and ready for whenever Sony finally announces how much this thing is going to cost. But like there, there's some people like if they're like, Oh, well I'll just pick it up when it comes out in the fall, just like normal. Like you don't know anything. You don't know the price. Mm -hmm don't know like it that we've talked now about 
about the TV situation. There's a lot of unknowns with this. You can't just spring all this on people unless you're literally catering explicitly to those people who have that money to just throw down on a whim, which truthfully doesn't bode well for the <laughs> Well, I don't want to. I don't want to bring up the virus again, but not to mention the fact I think it's even worse in this kind of situation because there's tons of people who are set back, financially hurt, like in bad. I mean, there's still states that are shut down, you know. Uh, so for like you to not tell us how much it costs, and like some of these people can't even make money, like that's just wrong to me. It's wrong. We should know no. how much these are going to cost. Yeah, I agree. And not to mention, like, it. there's people that game that have trouble spending that in the best of times, you know? Yeah. yeah. Not everyone is fortunate enough to have, like, a great job that, or, you know, a high enough paying job to justify dropping, you know, $600 on a win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, uh, did you want to say anything else about that one? Uh, no, that was about it. All right. Well, my odds I'm very excited to talk about, even though it, it still doesn't really mean anything, but every bit of hope that I get for it makes me happy. Uh, so recently, uh, it was found out that there are Twitter accounts for Fable and Perfect Dark that are active. They've recently set them up. And uh, apparently Aaron Greenberg, uh, Greenberg tried to like play it off and say that, oh, no, 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 those are old accounts. But like there's a bunch of newer people working at Microsoft following those accounts. So I think, I think we're going to hear more about Fable and Perfect Dark soon. I, I'm thinking we're going to hear something about from them at the July show. I really hope, I really hope so. I mean, for that just personally, but yeah. I, June has came and went without any sort of major xbox announcement yeah but remember xbox already said that their game studio conference was going to be july 15th like that's that's their big game studio thing it's all about their studio's games coming out and that's when they've said we're going to show you a bunch of halo infinite great but they're also going to show they're also going to show other game studio stuff i think we're going to i think the surprise hitter is going to be the fable i think the 15th is going to be their game section of what would have been at E3. I think if they don't, then that's another huge, in my opinion, business misstep because they need to start building some sort yeah. of hype. Yeah. yeah. And Sony's leading the conversation right now. They, they are. I mean, yeah. yeah. And now they're, they're at the forefront and Microsoft really needs to strike back with something. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, uh, so that, that covers the odds and ends. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of the show, the moment you've all been waiting for, the main event, the Horrible Arena. What is the Horrible Arena? If you've never listened before, well, first of all, listen more. Second of all, <laughs> it is, in fact, a section in which both me and Neil will pitch a game to you. We will pitch the title of the game, we'll pitch the developer of the game, and we'll pitch the game itself. Uh, we have to make these pitches on pre-existing criteria that me and Neil take turns deciding on it. Then you, the people, get to 
take to wherever, the comments below, the Facebooks, the discords, whatever. Tell us which one you would spend your hard-earned money on. We compile all the votes and we decide next week who won and who lost. So with that being said, the quantum coin has been tossed and I will be going first this week. Man, oh man, did I have a hard time with this because the pre-existing condition was asymmetric multiplayer. Okay. So I had a really hard time with this because asymmetric multiplayer is basically like Dead by Daylight, Friday the 13th. Uh, I also considered it like that new Resistance from Resident Evil, correct? That would be a, a good criteria for it? Yeah. I okay. All right. So what I ended up doing, uh, <laughs> I'm going to pitch something that's probably not even close to in the wheelhouse of what this is but it's a game I would like to see and it's the best I could come up with because I don't necessarily like asymmetric multiplayer and, I, and I'm so far from being in it that I just I couldn't come up with anything. So here we go. My game. Oh, man, it's tough. All right. So what my game is, is it is a perpetual shared world thing, but the shared world interest in it is it is a group of people that kind of create the world together. Almost like, uh, like you have a mastermind versus the players, but it's less the mastermind is versing the players and so much the mastermind is building a dungeon or around what the players are doing. Uh, so I picture this as a shooter kind of akin to Borderlands. Basically, you would make a map, um, and then you'd have to have three stages in the map. You'd get a number of points based on the levels of the players involved in the, the map. And then you get to set down what loot pops, what things are worth, how big the bad guys are, and where. And then at that point, they have to proceed through the map and get to the end uh, to win it. And the, what's cool about this, though, is each game would be linked to a group of friends. So it wouldn't be like you would just make this map and people anywhere on the internet would come in and join you. It would be like, I would make this map for like Phil, Billy and Neil, and then they would come in and their characters would advance based just solely on my stuff in that game. So then I could make another map for them. They could go back in, gain loot on that. Um, so it would be this, this kind of perpetual back and forth between the two, almost like, uh, they're game mastering their own game more like that than necessarily they're trying to actually defeat you. Um, so that's my game. Uh, and, uh, man, I did not have a project name or a developer for this, right? Well, gear gearbox is going to develop. That's probably a mistake, but gearbox is going to develop <laughs> because they're good at leveling up shooters. And then I'm going to do project. Uh, let's go project mayhem. All right. Am I yeah. getting disqualified, Neil? No, you're not getting disqualified because that is an asymmetric multiplayer by definition. Okay. You're, you're, it, it is a multiplayer game where somebody is taking the side of one thing and somebody is taking the side of something else. So, I'm not going to lie. I almost pitched something completely different because I had two ideas, and at the very last minute, I decided to go with that one. I have to tell you off air what the other one was just to see if you would have disqualified that too. Or, or that at all, you know. All right. So mine is going to be called Project Serial. 
And it is going to be done by Turtle Rock, the ones that did uh, Evolve back in the day. Um, Turtle Rock's still around, right? Because I know that was a thing that we had. Uh... Yes, they are. They are still around. Okay. Cause They're I was... actually making something. I can't remember what it's called, what it is, though. Cool, because I just remembered that that was a new rule that we put down. <laughs> think about that once I said it, because I feel like I got a good idea. Okay, we'll pitch it. Um, uh, maybe I will. Uh, <laughs> um, Tell me what to do. You know, my real dad. Uh, <laughs> so Project Serial is going to be a one versus four uh, asymmetric multiplayer game wherein one person takes the role of a serial killer within a sprawling city and the other four are investigators trying to hunt down this individual so there would be basically uh, a large city where you would just go and kill a random per person passerby as the serial killer but then you would be alerted to by the cops the cops would then investigators would then come take a look at the scene get witness statements stuff like that and then a general direction of where it is that this individual is going and you would have either some arbitrary limit of time that you would have to not get caught as to you would being escaped successfully or something along those lines to where uh, you just could take out the uh, investigators as well. Um, I think that would be a very interesting cat and mouse sort of idea for a game. Uh, and uh, that is my pitch because All my right. mind blank. All right. Um, uh, cool. Developer was Turtle Rock and your title was Serial, right? Yes. Project Serial. Um, okay. So, everybody out there, there you have it. The two projects, Project Serial versus Project Mayhem. You guys get to decide which one wins. Now, we need to pick something for next week, and it is my turn to pick, correct? Yes. I had one, and now I can't remember what it was. Well, B. Let's do Farming Simulator. Oh. Yeah. Let's get crazy with it. Farming simulator is crazy. Yeah, Question because mark? nobody would pick that. <laughs> nope. Farming simulator. Uh, well, like a farming game. Like Stardew Valley would count. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not going to make you like, it, it doesn't have to be simulatory. It's absolutely simulatory. I mean, like, like something along that, like Animal Crossing, farming, uh, Stardew Valley would count. Uh, that uh, Island of Maru, that would count. Like something like that. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, everybody, that brings us to the end of the show, finally. <laughs> uh, Neil, anything, well, Phil Billy, anything to plug? Our honored guest, thank you for being here, sir. No problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, only thing I want to plug is, guys, check out um, when it drops the PC build that me and Zach are going to be doing. Two noobs building the rig in in my basement. Uh, it should be fun and informative slash uh, ease your 
minds if you are nervous about that because I'm the last person that anyone who knows me would ever think would be able to build uh, a PC. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited about this. Um, So yeah, so that should come out next week sometime. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I want to just go ahead and throw out there, check out the OMFD. It's going to be coming out this weekend at some point as well. Not exactly sure the date. Uh, probably Friday since I don't want to release anything, anything extra on the fourth, but, um, sometime this week. Um, and then Neil, anything special for you to plug? Oh, sir. We are still plugging away at streets of retro. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I love that last episode. I think it was our best yet. Um, and we have another one dropping Thursday. If you're watching this on YouTube, it'll be up tomorrow. If you're watching this on Tuesday, it'll be up Thursday. Um, and that, brings us to the end uh you can check us out on facebook at old man gaming dh on twitter at old man gaming nine please join our discord the link is in the description below you can influence this and every one of our shows from there and of course everyone out there as long as you keep watching and listening we will keep making these uh we love it even when we hate it so we'll see you guys next week this is why i hate doing it at night i get sloppy at night I'm crisper in the morning. Oh, fucking shit. Fucking shit. Fucking shit. (laughs) Oh, too bad that wasn't nothing but just fucking shit because that'd be a fantastic open. Yeah, it's definitely not going to be an open. That's definitely not going to be an open. It's not going to be an open. I don't even, they wouldn't even get it. Like, because I I didn't start recording until after, like, we had already talked about it. It It would literally, the cold open would just be me, but like, fucking shit. Shit, fucking shit, and then the theme song. <laughs> like, fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck shit. Time to get it's naughty. Yeah, time to get your face. <laughs> 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 <laughs>